ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. We've been speaking a lot about interest rates lately, and no wonder there have been 12 painful rate rises in just over a year, with the RBA to meet again this week. But why is it the only tool used to bring inflation under control? Today, ABC TV's finance guy, Alan Kohler, on how ending price gouging could be a simple alternative. When we talk about the Reserve Bank, we normally have a bit of a chat about Philip Loeb because he's had a fair bit of press lately. But this time, it's his deputy, Michelle Bullock, who we'll be focusing on because she's been making some headlines herself because of some comments that she made. Michelle Bullock, thank you. Well, it was a speech uh, she gave um, to the AI group, Australian Industry Group. Well, thank you very much, Innes, and um, lovely to see you all here. I'd like to thank... The headline of it was Achieving Full Employment. But the thing is, it's been controversial because there's differing views in the community between normal people as opposed to economists, particularly those at the Reserve Bank, as to what full employment is. I mean, I think, you know, most people would think, oh, full employment is that everyone's got a job. But the idea that comes out of a speech is that they think that uh, the current level of unemployment is below full employment. Our goal is to return the labour market and the market for goods and services back to a level more consistent with full employment. We think this can be achieved if employment and the economy more generally grow at a below-trend pace for a while. Now, most people, I think, would say, well, how can you be below full employment? That makes no sense. Full employment is just full employment. But, in fact, she said in the speech, uh, for the first time in decades, firms' demand for labour exceeds the amount of labour that people are willing and able to supply. That is, employment is above what we would consider to be consistent with our inflation target. So what she's saying is they're not putting the inflation target above the employment target. What they're doing is trying to balance the two of them. It is true to say we're resolute in returning inflation to target, but this does not mean that employment has taken a back seat. So, Alan, does the RBA give any sense as to how much unemployment needs to increase to actually achieve that? The Reserve Bank has been predicting that unemployment would be 4.5% in 2024, sometime in late uh, late 2024, for a while now. But she kind of took it a little bit further and stated that as a sort of an objective. The unemployment rate is expected to rise to 4.5% by late 2024. 4.5% is higher than the current rate, but this outcome would still leave us below where it was pre-pandemic. In other words the economy would be closer to a sustainable balance point. So she basically says that the RBA thinks unemployment needs to be higher than it is in order to combat inflation and it needs to be at that 4.5%. And Alan, if we get to that 4.5%, how many jobs need to go in her view? 
That's right. Well, she doesn't say this uh, directly, but mm-hmm. unemployment is currently 3.6%. If it goes to 4.5%, uh, that means uh, another 140,000 people unemployed. Mm. So that's really where the controversy comes in, you yeah. know, because uh, it's all very well to sit in the Reserve Bank in Martin Place and sort of say, well, you know, we need this percent unemployment, but then it comes down to real people's real lives. Yeah. You can't have zero unemployment because, as she says, there's always going to be some sort of, you know, level of unemployment in the community because, you know, people kind of are between jobs or, mm. or so on. So the question then is, well, how many people should it be in order for the economy to work properly? That's really where she, what she's on about and she says 4.5%. Mm, so it, it's, it sounds pretty brutal, doesn't it, when you put it in those terms, in the less economic uh, formula, I suppose, 140,000 people losing their jobs is huge. It sounds like a lot. And the unions, they've really jumped on this, haven't they? They're not happy at all. That's right. And that's perfectly understandable. Workers across the country are facing interest rate hike after interest rate hike. And then to have a deputy chair of the Reserve Bank come out and say that employment's too high and to say that, you know, maybe we need more unemployment is just a completely outrageous statement. It's probably worth noting that the reason the uh, the Reserve Bank wants unemployment to go to 4.5% is to uh, put a lid on wages. But wages are only part of the problem with inflation. Another part is lower productivity. Lower productivity means that unit labour costs, that is the cost of producing each individual item of production, is increased uh, because you know the number of hours needed to produce that thing has gone up and that tends to push prices up. So productivity is a factor. The Reserve Bank can't do anything about that. But the other factor is that companies are increasing their margins, their profit margins. Uh, Obviously, the Reserve Bank can't do anything about that either. But the problem is that the Reserve Bank is the only body in the country with the job of controlling inflation. Mm. And the only tool that the Reserve Bank has is interest rates, which is designed to uh, reduce demand, reduce employment, and therefore reduce wages which is, as I say, only part of the problem. And another part of the problem is profit margins of companies. So what do you do about that? Right, so what can we do about that? Does the RBA give any alternative that could be used rather than just pushing more people into unemployment by raising interest rates further? Yeah, well, it's probably worth noting that the Reserve Bank minutes came out on the same day as her speech. And I think that the the key sentence in the minutes, which hasn't really been said by the RBA before, was to note that firms are putting up their prices. They didn't use the word excessively, but that was the implication of the sentence. Mm. It was kind of the first reference that we've seen from the Reserve Bank that to some extent price rises and inflation is about what companies are doing. Mm. So I sort of went back through time to look at the efforts that have been made over the over the decades to control prices directly. See, what the Reserve Bank does is it tries to control prices by adjusting employment levels or adjusting demand through interest rates, which in turn adjusts employment, which in turn adjusts wages. And it's like a reverse bicycle in the sense that the gears on the system are designed to weaken the impact, if you know what I mean. It's indirect upon indirect. And so uh, monetary policy is not a very good way of controlling inflation. But over the over the decades, governments here and elsewhere have been trying to find a way to actually stop prices going up more directly. 
And so in 1948, Ben Chifley had a referendum to give the, gov the federal government control of prices, uh, which failed. Gough Whitland did the same thing in 1973. He had a referendum. Next Saturday, seven and a half million Australians will decide whether or not the federal government is to be given constitutional power to control prices and incomes. That also failed. And uh, he then introduced what was called the Prices Justification Tribunal. The PJT began life under Labour in August 1973. It was part of the policy that not only wages, but prices too must be seen to be justified. That required companies, this is big companies with a turnover of more than 20 million, to pre-notify the PJT of any, uh, of any price rises. And that just tied them up in the red tape and delays and that actually was, uh, was effective because of the delays. So naturally many companies have been prepared to lower their prices rather than face such an inquiry. So in this way the PJT has acted as a break on prices. Then Bob Hawke brought in the Prices Surveillance Authority as part of the Prices and Incomes Accord, um, which was in, in the end abolished by Howard. Uh, but in the meantime, Alan Fells was appointed head of the Trade Practices Commission, which became the ACCC. And Alan Fells' method of controlling prices was naming and shaming. Mm. So the, the, the legislative controls that the federal government have to control prices are pretty limited and difficult, and that's why they tried to have a couple of referendums. But, but what Fells did was he had a lot of resources into researching what companies were doing and whether prices were excessive, whether companies were price gouging, and he named and shamed them mm. and used publicity, which was tremendously effective. So I reckon that's what we should be doing again. Mm. I reckon there is a there is a case for returning to the naming and shaming of price gouges. Okay, Alan, if that doesn't happen, and you're suggesting it might not, given the current environment, yeah. what will we see? Will the Reserve Bank have to keep raising interest rates if it wants to get this unemployment rate up to 4.5%? Is that what she means? when she says that, Michelle Bullock. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They believe that uh, in order to get inflation down, they have to take unemployment up to 4.5% and, you know, that suggests that they'll keep going until that, that happens. Mm. The possible alternative to that, leaving aside doing something directly about prices and profit margins, is that there are in the world uh, very great disinflationary forces at work. One of them is technology, uh, another is globalisation, the other is demography. So... Uh, the population ageing, that's putting downward pressure on inflation. Globalisation has been putting downward pressure on inflation. That is to say China basically exported deflation um, through lower labour costs, but that's kind of come to a bit of a stop. And technology is the great disinflationary force of the past few decades and with AI is, is now kind of getting underway again. So these are kind of uh, uncertain big picture things. But it is possible that AI will lead to such a reduction in costs that it puts sufficient downward pressure on inflation that, uh, you know, the Reserve Bank doesn't have to keep putting up interest rates. But it's also possible that AI itself leads to higher unemployment mm. than we've currently got because everyone gets thrown out of work because uh, they're being replaced by a, a robot. <laughs> 
that sounds like a longer term sort of solution, if it is a solution. But do you think it is inevitable that, you know, the RBA will push ahead to try to get to this 4.5% unemployment by next year? And who's going to feel the brunt of those job losses, do you think, Alan? Inflation's falling around the world. The, the I had a graph on the news the other night of uh, uh, combined CPI of uh, the US, Europe, <coughs> UK, Japan and China, and it's clearly falling. It's down to 4% now. Mm. Um, so it's possible that the global inflationary pulse, this is the post-pandemic pulse mm. of inflation caused by supply chain problems, that's over. So it's possible that inflation will just fall of its own account and that the Reserve Bank won't have to get unemployment up to 4.5%. So I don't think we should necessarily kind of, you know, wring our hands and say, oh, it's, you know, under 140,000 people are going to lose their jobs. It isn't necessarily the case, but as we stand here and read Michelle Bullock's speech, which possibly she might now think she could have worded, <laughs> could have worded differently, it looks like that's what's going to happen. Alan, thank you so much. My pleasure. Alan Kohler is ABC TV's 7pm News finance guy. Inflation rose by 5.6% in the 12 months to May, down from 6.8%, giving hope the RBA may hold rates when it meets tomorrow. This episode was produced by Veronica App-App, Flint Duxfield and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.